Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Praise God. Well, do this. Bump your neighbor. Tell them they look great in church. And you can be seated in the house of God. How many of y'all just lied through your teeth? Let's just be. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for a lot of things. Uh, One of the things I'm thankful for is that our president has called uh, today a national day of prayer. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Whether you are Republican or Democrat or whatever the other ones are, independents, whatever. I think when the leadership of our nation is calling for prayer, it's a very positive thing. So we're going to pray in a minute. But before we do, I want to teach uh, on how to live a life of stability in an unstable world. How many of you, if your life just had more stability in it, it wouldn't wouldn't hurt your feelings? Just wave at me. Man, I just, I'm not saying everything's wrong, but some stability just wouldn't, you know, break my heart. The scripture says... Uh, very clearly, that all things work together for good for them that love God and those that are called according to His purpose. Bump your neighbor, just say, that's me. Everything works together for good for those that love God. Do you love God? Let me ask you that. Everybody is called, so if you love God and you're called, then everything in your life works together for good. Now, we have to clarify a few things. Everything in your life is not necessarily good. Can we just be clear about that? And everything in your life does not necessarily come from God. Believe it or not, you have the power to make some decisions that affect your life. Not only that, uh, there is a great big God and there's also an adversary to God. We call him the devil and he does not like you at all. I mean, you can get dressed up, and he still doesn't like you. Praise the Lord. He wants, to, he wants to kill, to steal, and to destroy everything that is good in your life. But everything that you come in contact with does not necessarily come from God. So the idea that just because you're going through it, that God sent it to you is not accurate. It's also not accurate that just because it is bad, that the devil picked you out and sent it at you. The scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Now, we're not just. We're not justified because of uh, anything that we've done or that we continue to do. Rather, we are justified by faith in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we have been justified. We've been put in right standing because of what Jesus did. But the the fact that there is an enemy means that there is sin in the world. and, And sometimes bad things happen to good people. Praise the Lord. Sometimes good things happen to bad people. How many of you, you just know that if God just lets you win a $700 million lotto, you just do all kind of good stuff, praise the Lord. Just right now, if you're looking for a $700 million lotto winner, send it down. 
You're like, I don't even play the lotto, play, play the lotto. But God can do miracles. I didn't even buy a ticket and I just want it. I just don't even know. Praise the Lord. Some of y'all are going to be walking through the parking lot. And there's going to be a, a, a torn up lottery ticket on the ground. You're going to be running in. There it is. Praise the Lord. But sometimes good things happen to bad people and sometimes bad things happen to good people. It's just, it's the nature of the realm that we live in. There'll be no sickness in heaven, but there are sicknesses and diseases uh, here where we are. The Lord is not pleased when one of his children is sick any more than you would be pleased when one of your children uh, go through a, a, a trial or a struggle. But, but it's imperative to remember that just like the baking soda in a cake, it's not good by itself but it's, it, it, it aids in the recipe. Everything you go through is not necessarily good by itself, but God miraculously causes all things to work together for good for people who love God and are called according to His purpose. That's me and you. So when we go through life, if we're going to live a life filled with stability, number one, we have to recognize all things will work together for good. All things don't look like they're going to work together for good. All things don't sound like they're going to work together for good. All things don't necessarily good from, come from a good place. But God is going to cause all things to work together for good. That means when you start getting a bad report, when you start getting bad news, when something comes in your life that's adverse and, and things just start coming against you, you can just get stand flat-footed, stay stable in the storms of life and say, I don't understand it. I don't even understand why I'm having to endure this. But I know that I know that I know that God will cause all things to work together for my good. Then you begin to live a life that's stable. That means that doesn't mean we're, we're, we're blind to the fact that the wind is blowing. We just know that even if it doesn't look like it, before it's over, God is going to cause something good to come of this. God didn't, God didn't put... Uh, uh, stab your tire if you had a flat tire Tuesday morning and the devil might not have dumped tires in front of you when you were driving, but something good can come out of a day that is disrupted. You can meet somebody at the tire shop and you can give them an invite card to church. You say, God just loves you, praise the Lord. Or you can do, we were at, we were at dinner the other day and I'm sitting there and I'm ready to pay uh, for the meal and, and we're paying for the meal and all of a sudden my wife just looks at the waitress and goes, can we pray with you? And I'm sitting there the first, can I just be honest? Can I just, just be honest with you? Is it all right if I'm honest in the house of God? If I can't, just say no. Just say, act like you're holy all the time. Okay, I'll act like I'm holy all the time. Here's my halo, praise the Lord. My first thought was, baby, I'm ready to go. Because <laughs> if you've never been around my wife, when she starts praying, she's like one of those, she's like one of those, uh, uh, oh, uh, those, those, those pedal, those, uh, motorbikes, you used to have to pedal them to get them going and you pedal, 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 pedal. And as soon as you stop pedaling, you think it's going to start. She's just getting started when she stops pedaling. <laughs> so she's like, can we pray with you? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. But then all of a sudden, you know, I remember, okay, Jesus died, rose from the dead, praise the Lord. I don't have to go to hell. I'll, I'll, let's pray, you know. So I'm sitting there and I'm about to pray. And the waitress pulls up a chair next to us. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? Pulls up a chair next to us. I'm like, this lady is ready to pray. She pulls up a chair next to us and she sits down and she grabs my hand. And she goes, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> 
And Crystal starts quoting Genesis 1-1, and by the time she got through the Psalms, I'm like, praise the Lord, is that Jesus coming? We better wrap this up, glory to God. Sometimes you go through some stuff. The lady was just having a day. And in the middle of her day, a God-fearing, Bible-loving Christian named Crystal just stops. Now, not only had it been kind of bad, one of the people eating with us had cardboard in their fajitas. For real, like a lot of it. And he ate it, praise the Lord. I'm sitting there looking across the table and he's still eating the fajitas. I said, didn't it have cardboard in it? He goes, it wasn't that much. I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> did they make it on the floor? What do you, we don't know. What I'm saying is we could have, we could have just gone, oh, I can't, but they, you know, we just, that's it. Comp the whole bill and we're out of here. No, listen, in the middle of whatever, in the middle of the cardboard and your fajitas, God just causes all things, come on, to work together for good. I'll tell you another one one time. My little boy, when he was 18, he's eight now. When he was 18 months old, he fell on a lake. We were fishing, and he fell on the lake, and he went down to the bottom. It was a muddy lake, and it was maybe four or five feet deep, and I jumped over, and I I scooped him up out of the water and uh, put him on the dock, and we dried him off, and I, I was sitting, I was talking to my dad, and I said, Dad, I said, man, I said, I said, I hate that he fell in the water. You know, you hear all these different things about people having an experience and then it affects them forever. You know, maybe uh, a dog barked at a baby and they're scared of dogs for the rest of their life. You know, so, And I was like, man, I don't want him to be scared of water because, praise the Lord, I love fishing. You know, I don't want to... I don't want him to not go fishing, and I, and I don't want him to not want to swim, and all this. And and I'm I'm just kind of talking. I'm not. This, my faith wasn't there. But I'm just kind of talking. And my dad said to me, he goes, he goes, oh, you're looking at it all wrong. He said, he said, he didn't find out water is scary. He found out his daddy will pull him out of the bottom of a lake if he happens to fall. All things work together for good. For them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Y'all should have seen it. He was a year and a half. He was 18 months old. I scooped him out of the water and he had a bass in each hand and a catfish in his mouth. He was <laughs> just, just all business, you know. But God causes all things to work together for good. In other words, all things are not pleasant by themselves, but God will cause all things. Somebody say all things. To work together for good. Number one. All things will work together for good. Period. You say well it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't look like it. I don't feel like it. That's correct. That's because we just stepped into a different quadrant. We are now in the faith zone. We are now in the. I'm not just believing what I'm seeing. I'm believing what I'm not seeing. More than I believe what I'm seeing. You see what I'm saying? I'm believing what I cannot see more than I believe what I can see. We just crossed over into the faith zone, into the area of life where we are not satisfied and we do not find our sustenance and we do not find everything that makes us tick and what we feel and what we see. We actually find it from a world that is not even seen. We're in the faith zone. All things will work together for good. You say, well, you don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to know what you're going through. The Bible says all things will work. This is how we stay stable in an unstable world. This is how we find stability 
when the winds of life are blowing and the waves of, uh, of life are shifting and, and moving, number one, we will always believe that God's going to bring some, somehow only the way that a master chef could take all the ingredients that don't seem like they should go together, put them together, and cause something good to happen in our life. Give God a big hand of praise. Number two, if you're going to have stability in an unstable world, keep the communication open. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Prayer is communication with God. God is who made you. God is who made me. God is not just uh, your creator. He's also your father and a very good father. And when he, when he instructs us to pray without ceasing, it's for our benefit because here's the, here's the truth. And this can work in, in every relationship at every level. Relationships don't break down because of problems. They break down because of a lack of communication. Just look at your husband and say, see, told you. No, no. <laughs> Relationships break down because of a lack of communication, a lack of consistent communication. When you stay consistently communicating with God, you are reminding yourself that you have an author and a finisher of your faith, that he will in fact hold your hand and guide you through whatever you're going through. But the moment that the communication begins to break down, now all of a sudden you're like any appliance or you're like a television set that has been unplugged. You could be the nicest TV on the planet, but if it's not plugged in, it has no power. Literally, when you drop the communication line, now all of a sudden, the enemy begins to start taking sucker punches at you. He starts beginning to whisper in your ear, see, everything about your life is not what you thought it would be. You should be way further along than this. Haven't you seen uh, the notebook? Your relationship is not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> He'll just start whispering. And then all of a sudden, you, it, it'll be, it'll be don't, don't you understand, this isn't working, You're, it, nothing's working. And it's all because, it's not because of the problems, you had problems before, it's because the communication begins to break down. That's why it says, pray without ceasing, communicate with God without ceasing, and don't let anything stop you. Don't let something you're going through, don't let the devil himself, don't let an issue or a circumstance, or get this, don't even let bad decisions on your part stop you from communicating with God. So many times when, when, when people, especially Christians, when we miss the mark, we feel bad and thank God for conviction. That's called the Holy Spirit. He convicts us. He lets us know when we're, when we're missing it a little bit. In other words, when you cuss somebody out at Kroger, you don't feel good about it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, if you're cussing people out at Kroger, just take the, the New Heights sticker off your car. Just, <laughs> just, just, just don't give them one of these. You know, just blankety blank, blank, blank. And could you come to our church? We just, we love you and praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit convicts us. He lets us know when we're missing the mark. 
He lets us know when we're having issues. But here's the problem. Even when we miss the mark, we must keep the communication open with the Lord. We must maintain a prayer life. And don't, don't hear maintain a prayer life and immediately go into religious mode. I'm talking about just communicating with God. If you miss the mark 10 out of 10 days in a row, and nobody would celebrate that fact, but if you miss the mark 10 out of 10 days in a row, you ought to still tell the Lord, Lord, I missed it. I'm sorry. Please give me the strength to not do it. I'll try not to do it, but I am not going to allow the enemy to stop me from talking to the only chance I've got at getting out of this stuff. He's the only one with the key to the cups. We're walking around like this. He's got the key. He's like, I'll unlock it. I'll unlock it. And we're sitting there listening to the enemy talking about, you did it again. He doesn't want to hear from you. That is precisely when he wants to hear from you. The moment that you begin to talk to him, now all of a sudden, now the communication opens. You see, there's nothing like being in communication with somebody. Husbands and wives, listen to this and just lock in for just about two minutes. If, if your husband or your wife walks in and you feel that distance, I'm not talking about physical distance, you feel the distance between you, do not ignore that. You sit there and you say, hey, I love you. Is there anything I've done to hurt you or bother you or did you have a bad day? How can I help? And praise the Lord, if she's walking in carrying 17 bags of groceries and one on a foot, you know how to help. Grab the groceries. How how can I help you, babe? I got it. It's just fine. Just praise the Lord. Why don't you go watch some football? Glory to God. If you feel that distance, if you feel that, don't you you ignore that. Because when communication breaks down, that's when relationship breaks down. It's not a problem. Praise the Lord. When when Crystal and I, we've been married now 14 or 15 years. And and for us, (laughs) I'm safe. She's not in here. Praise the Lord. We've been married a while. <laughs> and, and, and the truth of it is the struggles we've been through, when we look back on them, those are some of my favorite times. Now, I'm not talking about like hostility towards one another, but I'm talking about just going through something when you're going through it together. You know, you ever heard of this? There's no enemies in a foxhole. When, when you're in a fight, you can have a problem with somebody, but the minute you're in a fight together against something else, all of a sudden there's a relationship that, that shows up. There's been plenty of times we've prayed and we've said, Lord, we don't know if this is going to work other than we believe you it's going to work. But if we end up in a ditch, praise the Lord, it'll be me, Crystal, and Jesus in a ditch. Because we just don't want that communication to break down because it's not the problems that cause the relationship to dissipate. It's when the communication begins to break down. Guys, you need to learn how to, how to, how to speak, speak her language a little bit. <laughs> you need to learn. <laughs> Ladies, you need to learn how to speak his language a little bit, which is typically like a series of grunts and snorts. You know, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. okay, great. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glad to see you. But you keep the communication open. Have you ever noticed 
that, let's think about it like this. We're in Texas. There's a couple things that are phenomenal, and we're, we're just thankful to live in the South. Number one is chicken fried steak. Praise the Lord. Number two is sweet tea. We love chicken fried steak and sweet tea. If you're on a diet, I'm not trying to tempt you. I'm just telling the truth in the house of God. It's good stuff. But if you have a rose bush, as much as you love chicken fried steak, you can't cut that chicken fried steak into pieces and feed it to the rose bush. Because a rose bush doesn't need what you like. A rose bush needs what the rose bush needs. So you find out what that little flower you married needs and stop feeding it steak if it doesn't like steak. You give them what they need. You keep the communication open. Ma'am, don't listen. If, if he wouldn't even recognize a flower, don't send him flowers. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Buy him a pocket knife, an academy gift card, something that speaks his language. I think we're going to do a series. After, right at the first of the year, we're going to do a, a series on relationships. Some of the f- most fundamental biblical keys to building, get this, lifelong powerful relationships that are enjoyable. Because believe it or not, God didn't give you your wife as a punishment and he didn't give you your husband as a life sentence for something you did wrong. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Bump your neighbor and say, communicate. Communicate. Number two, keep the communication open. When you're going through something, it's not the problem that causes the relationship to break down. It's the communication breaking down. So same thing. That's why he says, pray without ceasing. Communicate with God without stopping. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are not. You are going to change. Thank God five years from now, you're going to be, you're going to be better off than you are now. Uh, uh, you're, going to be, you're going to be more stable than you are now. But throughout the entire process, you've got to keep the communication open. If, if it's good times, you keep the communication open. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. When it's bad times, you thank God that he hasn't left you, he hasn't forsaken you. You just keep the communication. When you miss the mark, you thank God that he's not the one that would throw you into utter despair, but he's the one who rescues you with, your mighty, with his mighty right hand. You You thank God in every situation and you refuse to let the communication break down. When you find yourself doing what you wish you hadn't done, you find yourself gossiping again, just right there in the middle of it, you stop as soon as you can, you stop and then you say, I thank you God that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ and you are helping me so I'm not going to continue my life talking about people behind their back. If you're trying to stop smoking cigarettes because you don't want to uh, uh, open the door for cancer or some kind of disease in your life, every time you light one of those cigarettes, you ought to say, I thank God that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because what will happen is before you take that drag, you'll start going, wait a minute, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't think I should be doing that. Praise the Lord. All because you begin to understand who you are by communicating with the one who created you in his likeness and in his image. By the way, I don't care if you smoke cigarettes. You can certainly go to heaven if you smoke cigarettes. Odds are you'll get there a little quicker. Praise the Lord. But if you're trying to stop something that you don't want to do, you don't stop your community. You don't, you don't decide, I'm going to get it all right, and then I'm going to come to God. Absolutely not. If you could have, you already would have. 
But Jesus said, follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. The interesting thing about a fisherman is fishermen tend to catch fish and fish do not jump in the boat clean. They get in the boat smelling, stinky, slimy in every other way and somebody's got to take some time and clean that thing before it's worth any good to anybody else. So for you and for me, we are doing our very best to follow after God with our whole heart. But no matter what uh, stumbling block we trip over, the enemy comes in like a flood or anything else happens, we cannot allow the communication line with the author and the finisher of our faith to break down. Because the minute we do, now all of a sudden all the other voices get louder. See, his voice is a still small voice. Like mine. No, I'm just kidding. His voice is a still small voice. And the minute you stop tapping into that, the minute you stop praying, the minute you stop trying to communicate, and the minute you stop trying to connect with him, now all of a sudden all the other voices that are shouting the whole time, they're shouting the entire time, they begin to have more influence on your life. It's like your, your radio used to be different. You know, you would dial it and you would turn it and you would try and you would try to catch that correct frequency because what you listened to in your car was not everything that was out on the airwaves. It was what you chose to tune into. When it comes to the Lord, prayer and communication with Him is us tuning in by choice to God to try to make sure that we remind ourselves it is not problems that will cause my relationship with Him to dissipate, but it is rather the communication line, uh, uh, our problems to dissipate, our, our issues to cause problems in our life and cause our relationship to come apart. It is literally when communication breaks down that the relationship breaks down. Everything changes when you understand completely that he has given us an opportunity to stay in constant communication. Number two, keep the communication lines open. Give God another big hand of praise. Number three, God is present even in the trial. Bump your neighbor and just say, God is present. God is present. That means he's there. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Let's read that together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. You see, in our life, we seem to see that we, we tend, to, tend to see God more when everything is either terrible. And we're like, oh God, you're going to rescue me. Or everything's wonderful. But we spend our life, the bulk of it, somewhere in between. And this is where instability or stability is nurtured and built up. This is where it comes from. When we begin to remind ourselves, number one, that everything we go through will work together for good. No matter what I go through. Number two, I'm going to keep the communication lines open. And then number three, he is my very present help. He could have just said, he is our present help. But he said, I am your very present 
help. Not just in the good times. Not whenever you followed all the ten steps to Christianity and you've, you've missed the mark. And you, you can quote every uh, Joyce Meyer quote or every, every uh, John Hagee book. You've read it and you know everything there is to know about a blood moon or any other kind of moon that's ever existed. And you're figuring things out and you think you've got it all figured out. It doesn't say he's there when you've got it all figured out. He says, I am your very present help in trouble. When you have an issue, this is when we have to remember he is right here beside us. He doesn't leave us. He does not forsake us. He is not like anyone that we've ever met. He's not like anyone that we've ever come in contact with. So literally, as we go through the things that life brings our way, we have to remain stable. And the way we remain stable is we remind ourselves time and time again that he is our very present help. Present just means right here. He is right here, right? When, when, when the boss comes in and they start talking about layoffs, he's right there. And he knew they were going to say it. When, when, when the doctor comes in and gives a bad report, he's right there. And he knew the report was coming. When something happens to you, when an issue, when a hurricane destroys your house, when a hurricane destroys he is your very present help in times of trouble. He is the answer to every problem and every circumstance. But if we're going to remain stable in an unstable world, we must remember that he doesn't leave us and he doesn't forsake us. We have, to, we have to stay steadfast. We have to live a life of faith that never shifts, that never wavers. And when we do, we have to immediately revert back to saying, I know what I'm going through is not good, but God's going to cause all this to work together for good. I understand that it's not working out exactly how I wish, but I refuse to let all the other voices be magnified by closing the communication line between me and my father. And I refuse to believe the lie that God has left me when he says he is our very present help. Somebody say very present. He is our very present help in trouble, in times of trouble, in issues. If you have, listen, if you have an issue going on in your marriage, he is your very present help help in your marriage if you have an issue going on in your physical body he is your very present help in your physical body if your finances if your money is not touching and agreeing in your pocket praise the lord he is your very present help if if you say man i'm just i'm just i I just lack confidence I, i walk into a room and i feel like everybody's against me he is your very present help in times of trouble. When, when your kids are, are, are acting like they shouldn't act, he's your very present help in times of trouble. When issues seem to, seem to outweigh everything else in your life, he's your very present help. And when we understand, uh, not too long ago, it was maybe last year, we had a, a, a major storm here and like all the creeks flooded. Well, we live way out in the country, and, and there was one particular creek that flooded, and, and I couldn't get home. And, and I was like, I don't know, three or four miles from the house, and this creek had flooded, and I, I couldn't get home. And I, I remember just so badly wanting to, be, now, wanting to be home. Now, I couldn't redirect the water. I couldn't make it dry quicker. 
Our house was dry. It's built up high. There was no problems. They had food. The power didn't go out. Everything was just hunky-dory. They had no issue. But I just wanted to be with my family. Because when you are present with the ones that you love, even in times of trouble and trial, everything seems to go better. It's not that the trial, it's not that the trial didn't happen. It's not that the trouble doesn't come. It's just that when you're with who you love, you see, this is why he says, even in that moment, that's when it's imperative that you remind yourself that he has never walked away. He's never left you. He's not, bless God, he's not going to start today. He's not going to decide next week, okay, that's it. They did it again, praise the Lord. He's not going to walk away. He's not going to turn his back on you. I feel this in my spirit real strong. Some of you, many people have walked away from you in your life. And God is nothing like that. Many people, when you needed somebody the most, they turned away. But God is nothing like that. You can't compare him to anyone. But, but, but rather, you have to understand that in the moment when everybody else walked away, that's when he drew closer. Sometimes it's hard to see in the moment. But now when we look back, we can see. The Bible says that he's closest to the brokenhearted. Those that, are, that their heart has been harmed, that's whenever he gets just really close. And if you, wonder, if you wonder what it's like, you just picture a daddy who has any kind of a child, and that child is hurt. This is how he acts, a good father. But if we're going to live stable in an unstable world, there's three things we have to know. Number one, everything's going to work together for good. Number two, we have to keep the communication open. King James Version says, pray without ceasing. Don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop communicating. And number three, we have to remember that he's ever, ever present. Let's all stand to our feet. In just a moment, I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come up front. And I want to be clear. Our prayer partners are not like superheroes they just love God they just believe that God will do what he said he will do they believe that that not only will God do it but they believe he'll do it today praise the Lord so if that's you today and you're here and you say you know what I, I don't I don't I don't know why but I don't feel connected to the Lord Maybe you'd say this. Maybe you'd say, you know what? I really am going through a relationship. They don't have to know all the relationship problems. But they'll touch and agree with you. Maybe you say this. Maybe you say, you know what? I just got so many issues, I can't even name them. The best and most important thing for you to know is God is with you. He's very present. So I'm going to ask you to do something bold here in just a minute. We're going to open up uh, the altar area for prayer. But in just a minute... If that's you and you need prayer for anything, maybe it's a big thing. Maybe it's like only God can do it. I have a child that's wayward and only God can do it. 
Maybe it's a little thing. You're like, I don't even know if that's important to God. God says it like this. He says, he says I have counted the hairs on your head. And some of you, it didn't take him near as long as others. I'm just, as I look around. There's nothing too small. Peter said like this. He said, you can cast your cares on God, on Jesus, because he cares for you. So if that's you today, you need prayer for anything, we're going to open the altars in just a minute. Uh, We're going to collectively pray for all the hurricane victims and other things. But in just a minute, we're going to open these altars in prayer. So I encourage you, don't leave here the same way as you came in. Uh, Let God do something in your life. Let's join in faith. This is the house of God. This is just a hospital. It's just a place where people who are hurting come to find a God who's a very present help in time of need. So I'll lift our hands, close our eyes, let's pray. Father, for every person that was affected by Hurricane Harvey, we lift them to you today. We ask you to provide peace that surpasses understanding. Thank you, Lord God, for helping us to send resources and to be a part of the recovery. But Lord, we just thank you right now for the mercies and the grace that we've seen. We thank you that hurricanes, they're not good. But somehow, you're going to cause good to come out of this because only you can do that. Now, Lord God, for that other storm in the Atlantic, they're calling Irma. Father, we speak to it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we tell it to dissipate and to turn away from the United States. Father, we just declare... That you're the God over all the earth. Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name that you would move that storm. That it would not hit the United States of America. And just like your Bible says, anything we, we say and doubt not in our heart, we can have it. We command it to turn. Just see that thing turning north and east, guys. Just see it going up there and just dissipate. and Get up in that cold air and just go away. No more storms this year. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Give God a big hand of praise. If you need prayer for anything, come out of your chair. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.